Welcome to Tabletop. My name is Nick, and I think that fudging dice rolls is totally okay. Hey, it's me, Franco, and rolling for initiative sucks. I'm Daniel, and I think you should modify your first level characters as much as you want. And I'm Shade, and if your TTRPG hasn't evolved into a LARP, you've done it wrong. And we all host Tabletop, a TTRPG podcast about all things games and storytelling. And sometimes we have game designers, professional researchers, and even the occasional owlbear. If this interests you, listen to Tabletop every Monday, wherever you get your podcasts. Tabletop is a proud member of the Helios Network. Hey, it's Charlie, Negative Modifiers Game Master. First off, thank you for giving us a listen. As always, expect something horrible to happen to the players. If you're a fan, support us by leaving a review on iTunes. If you hate the show, consider doing it anyway and enjoying the fact that you've inflicted us on someone else. The most up-to-date news on the podcast, follow us on Twitter and Instagram. And with that... I'm going to go ahead and approach the person. I'm going to work my way up over. And as I approach, I say, hello, friend. This is the real Evan Anilno. And these are my cohorts. And so I point over to Abarama. That's my pilot, Abarama. And then this fine human being sitting at the table over here, who's joining us in a bit, is Ruth. Right, so this well-dressed man kind of extends his right hand, which now you're realizing is a shiny silver kind of chrome prosthesis, cybernetic. My apologies. I am Adzem Kembori. I believe we got a meeting scheduled for this time. My apologies. Gestures kind of vaguely towards the door. They assured me that they were, well, you. And I can think of no reason why someone would try and impersonate someone for this, but I have gestures at the booth he's sitting at. Please join me. We have much to discuss. Let's have a seat. And uh, sorry for all the confusion that went on there. Would you let me buy you a drink at least? It raises the hand again. Not a problem. We have urgent matters to discuss. And assuming you're interested in the job I need handled, we should be departing immediately. Fair enough. So I signal to the rest of the gang that I'll have a seat. And uh, we gather around and I look over at the fine dressed gentleman and say, well, lay it on us. And I bows his head at this point. Now that you're close, you are realizing that Mr. Kambori is a average height, darker skinned man with a metal prosthesis. He has just sharp facial hair, though. Like, it's very styled. He's wearing a looser fitting but elegant red clothing. He has multiple gold bracelets, rings, and earrings. And he smells faintly of pricey Mirin sandalwood. He is, by all measures, a well-dressed man. Kind of sits down, steeples his fingers some, and goes... As I established, my name is Adzem Kimburi. I am a representative of the Melem Gasora Shipping Company, a company located here on Coriolis. They mostly handle freighters and other small shipping vessels, and they have a bit of a situation. Typically, Melem Gasora deals mostly with foodstuffs, ice, minerals that are mined out of asteroids and other things around the belt here on Coriolis. Three days ago, the heavy freighter, the Orin 2, left the asteroid belt carrying a full load of ice, intended to come back here, and then something seems to have gone terribly wrong. The ship missed one of its routine check-ins, and since then it's gone dark. Initially, there was no worry about this, but as the radio sounds continued, suspicion grew, and after several failed attempts of making contact... It was revealed that the Orin 2 had changed course and is headed at full speed towards the Eye of Anobar asteroid swarm. A guaranteed death for all on board. Huh. Interesting. 
Now, why in the world would an ice trading crew fall victim to such a trivial matter as an asteroid swarm? That's just it. They're not a trivial crew. Captain Rajton has been with the company for many years, has made this trip dozens, if maybe not hundreds of times at this point. He is a well-established and well-experienced captain. They actively had to change course to put themselves on this collision path, which is what truly makes the situation so strange. Have you considered sabotage or betrayal? He kind of shrugs at this. Any and all things make sense. But again, if it was sabotage or betrayal, why would you aim the ship at inherently immediate death? The asteroids will shred the ship, making it not even salvageable. What was the captain's name? Rashton. Rashton? He's done this trip hundreds of times, if not thousands. Yes, he's up. Tens, maybe not thousands. Uh, he's been with the company for over two decades. This is a normal route. Have you ever heard of a cryo-sleep pod malfunction? Because that happens sometimes and space madness sets in. Indeed it does, but they're not passing through a gate. They're just making a through normal void space travel from mining asteroids back to the station. I thought the same thing, that this was a simple case of space madness. But no, there's no reason for that to have occurred. Well, you know, I've heard rumor that sometimes pilots who stay up late nights, captains, that look into the void, eventually they see something that man wasn't meant to, and, well, sometimes they just snap. Or, maybe he wants to see what's in the middle of the eye. I mean, I'd be honest, I, I, I'd welcome the challenge to make it through that field, see what's at the center. I understand where you're coming from, but the... Uh... Orin 2 is by far the wrong ship to attempt that with. It's a large ice hauler, after all. That maneuverability and durability aren't exactly its forte. Reliability and storage space, that's more the focus of that vessel. Hmm. Any of this is possible, but at the same time, if it was just that the captain had lost it, wouldn't the rest of the crew be capable of handling the situation? It's a comparable crew. He's not there alone. It's a full crew on the ship. In theory, they could restrain him and take their way back. It's the radio silence that makes it all so strange. You know, depending on what kind of captain he is, I'm sure Elno here, he could kill us all without us even realizing it. He's real smart. See, he could go sabotage his life support and get an exo soon and just wait for us all to suffocate. Indeed a possibility, I suppose. This captain of yours, is he a good man? By all measures, yes. Self-sacrificing? A pinnacle of captain. So we'll do anything for the safety of crew as well as those outside? I'm not sure you're getting at, but the man has been of sound mind and good principles is my understanding. The ice routine, that is something that has been established, correct? Yes, it's a known route. How old is this route? As long as Coriolis has needed ice, it's probably been somewhere around there. Rajton's been making the trip for over 20 years, so at least that long. Hmm. Because I was thinking, say that you find something, you find something horrible, you find something that destroys you. Do you take it back home? Do you take it back to the center of this galaxy of ours or this universe of ours? The center of commerce, the center of society? Sorry, I might just be some of my musings, but I'm just trying to piece this all together because not a lot of this makes sense. Now, you make a really good point. This is just a plague ship that's being sent to be destroyed to save everybody here on Coriolis Station. Give me a manipulation test on that one. 
Can I assist with that one before we roll? Yeah, you're all kind of making these points. Go for it. Okay, do I roll after Dylan? Or? No, no, so the way assisting in this game works is if Abarama's the one doing the test, he gets a plus one for each one of you that is rolling this. Okay, so then, yeah, I will assist. Do I need to roll anything myself? Nope. Okay. That is one limited success. Maybe kind of a flicker of something passes across Mr. Kimbori's face, but that seems to pass. He kind of raises a hand and just kind of waves this all off. He goes, I understand the interest in strange space phenomena, but we believe it's a much more grounded situation. Which brings us to the matter of why you're here. Yorin 2 has stopped responding, and we wish to know why. I'm looking to charter your ship to take me out there so we can secure the ship and its crew and right the course and return the ship to Coriolis. I am prepared to offer you 20,000 burr for these services, and I intend to accompany you. Mm. Well, if you're coming along, I need to know how good are you with with a weapon? Kind of like looks almost a little bit shocked at this. I do not anticipate the need for weapons on this. It's probably just simply a simple malfunction on the ship. I'm sure there's a logical explanation for all of this. But as I was saying earlier when you first arrived, time is of the essence and this situation needs to be handled swiftly. If we cannot recover the ship, there is no payment. How good are you under zero G? I know a lot of people get sick and throw up. It's not my favorite place to be, but I am well-traveled. It will not be my first time on a ship. Good. So you know that if you do throw up, you need to turn your head to the side. Otherwise, all that G-force is going to push it back into your face and you're going to drown on your own vomit. Kind of chuckles at this. Yes, I'm familiar with the basics of space travel. Just making sure. I like over and say, well, if you're familiar with the basics of space travel, you should know that you should always be able to protect yourself as well. So, But anyway... That's neither here nor there. You said time is of the essence. Should we get going? Yes. I have taps a couple times on his tablet and sends you a layout of the ship and a full crew manifest. The crew is made up of Captain Ardul Rajchan, First Officer Reina Zakavan, Second Officer Kiran Bor, Chief Engineer Altla Ard, Engineer Kakawen Rabalor, Stevedore Akbar, Kolb Zir, Stevador Mira Toli, Stevador Lassar Olba, and Deckhand Ada Leon. For the record, Stevadors are kind of like longshoremen. It's a British term, I believe. It doesn't get used so much stateside. Thank you, because I was like, what the fuck is a Stevador? <laughs> this is a well-manned ship. Mr. Kambori kind of nods at this. Indeed, hence the concerns about what happened. And also, yes, I understand the impulse for things to be more fantastic but the ship is well manned the chances of one crazed individual successfully pulling this off and kind of gestures to reference the drawings on such a large ship seems well unlikely essentially the ship is in two halves you have the rear and the front and if one were to space one half one could be safely in the other half the chances of successfully getting everyone in one shot is minimal at best unless there are more than one person involved Indeed, but at the same time, if that was the case, why steer the ship into the asteroid field? There are uses for a ship of this type in theory. Are there any escape pods on this ship? Kind of shakes his head at this. No, it's a relatively safe journey. It's been done many times. It's just a freighter. Right. So I don't think anyone's going to be left alive on board that ship when we arrive. So best pack an exosuit, each of us. Maybe the oxygen was bad. 
get any uh, distress signals before they just went dark? And it shakes his head at this. No, it's been incommunicado. It had no run-in with any navies before it uh, changed course? Not that we're aware of, no. And most of those don't operate here in the Kua sector. It's just bad taste at that point to attempt that so close to the heart of the thing. I understand. Well, if you say we need to get somewhere fast, if we are refueled uh, and Captain gives a go-ahead, I will burn us there as fast as I can. As fast as Saffron will let us. We are agreed then. 20,000 burr and... I will accompany you and conduct this investigation. 20,000, if we don't have to worry about taking care of you in the process, you can take care of yourself. We got a bodyguard babysit. It's going to be a little bit more. Kind of chuckles at this. Uh, do not worry. I can more than handle myself. All right. Well, then 20 it is. I have nods at this. Very well, then. I suppose it is time we depart. Sounds good to me. Let's roll out. I gesture to the crewmates to be like, let's head on out of here. Do you need time to prepare, or will you be, be following? Oh, no, I'm quite ready to depart right now. As I said, time is of the essence. Well, then, I guess you can follow us to our ship. I have nods happily at this. Excellent. As we're making our way out of the bar, Abarama finishes his drink and then holds the glass in the air and says, Another jot in the void! And slams down. Mr. Kambori kind of chuckles at this. That's the spirit. All right, so you head back to your ship? Yep. Yes. And you just heading out at this point, or what's the plan, I guess? Yeah, I mean, we're already fully stocked up. Because yeah. you said we were already stocked up. We made our, we did our visit to the temple and all that. So we're, I'm golden, so I'm ready to go, yeah. Excellent. All right, cool. So let's see a piloting check to see how gracefully you exit Coriolis Station. Uh, limited success with one. It's a normal takeoff at that point. Easy enough to do. In the middle of us taking off, probably why I'm not doing all fancy maneuvers i'm on the the pa saying all right ladies and gentlemen this is your handsome pilot abarama speaking please make sure you are strapped in and ready for burn we will be headed to i don't know exactly where these coordinates are but that's where we're going and we're going now i'll punch in the coordinates in the system so that it makes it easier for abarama to navigate so mr kambori has not given you coordinates yet actually Oh, well, so I'll look over and gesture at the nav panel and say, well, where are we going? So that's the thing. I only have the last known location of the Orin. Kind of provides the information. Perhaps there's some way that you could help me process this information to project the path of the ship? Yeah, sure. Show me what the last bit of info you got. All right, so he does that and give me a data gen check. All righty. I get a limited success with two. Yeah, so based on what you're seeing, you can kind of calculate. We depress him as a rough vector of what the path the Orin 2 is. Hopefully it'll be there when you arrive type of thing. Again, space is a big place, and tracking a ship like this should be easier, but yeah. So I'm saying you head off to that location? Yep. All right, cool. All right, so we're going to kind of play this as however you want, because you basically got two days of space travel just... Maybe not the hardest of burns. You're not like pressed against walls or under uncomfortable gravity, but like you're going full throttle off towards the eye of Anubar to track down the Orin 2. Nothing really super eventful happens, but you do kind of have some time to move about your ship. Mr. Kimbori passes the time by reading a book of old folk tales. He claims it's to calm his nerves on several occasions. Anything you want to do as kind of 
past time as you're making your way out there? Captain Ruth, I got a got a bad feeling about this job. See, when I went to go talk to the gambler, he was giving me all sorts of mixed readings about what's going on or what's going to happen. I don't think this is going to be as simple as our little passenger thinks it'll be. Yeah, I would lean over and whisper. Yeah, the fact that he was pretty hesitant about saying he knows how to handle himself initially was a kind of a red flag for me. So we'll just have to make sure we're on our guard. And uh, I'm pretty sure they're all dead. Yeah, I don't think there's any doubt about it. Or if they're alive, they've lost their goddamn minds. Well, if they lost their goddamn minds, they're as good as dead anyway, so... Guess they won't be alive much longer. Nope. Bori. Yes? Are you trained in physical arts? I have shrugs at this. I don't think of myself as that type of fighter, but I've shot a gun before. Come spar with me. I'll teach you something. All right, so he kind of begrudgingly follows you off to do this. He leaves his book and his tableau behind kind of on a table, though. I catch that the tableau was left behind, and while he's distracted, I kind of want to get me on over there and see if there's anything else I can find on there. All right, so... The book is a collection of folk stories, and kind of flipping through it really quick, you find that one of the pages has kind of just severely reread. Like it's, it's dog-eared, it's got some highlighting on it. It's a story of the Princess of Ka. Okay, and can I get some details on what's highlighted? I can do you one better. Excerpts from the Princess of Ka and other wondrous tales by Zerdadal Murir. Four centuries ago, a fantastical city was constructed deep in the Kuan jungles. The city's name was Ka, and it was ruled by a fair and wise king. Culture, arts and science flourished in Ka, and the people lived in affluence. The king of Ka had a daughter who was the center of his entire world. As the years went by, the king aged and the princess grew up. One day, the princess went for a walk in the shadow of the forest and disappeared. Many days passed and the princess did not return. The king was beside himself with fear and grief. Soldiers combed the jungles around the city but could find no trace of the missing princess. Ka was a city in mourning. Early on a summer morning nearly a year later, the princess returned. She had no memory of where she had been or of what had happened to her escort, but all that mattered to the king was that his daughter was back. After a while, the king started to notice that the princess was not quite herself. She was acting increasingly strange and would often be found on the palace battlements, looking out across the dark jungles surrounding the city. Her eyes darkened until they were as black as soot. The king's best physicians treated her with their most costly cures, but nothing seemed to work. The princess retreated inwardly and became a shadow of her former self. One day, the king received news about a sage living in the Ku and asteroid belt said to be able to heal the dark sick with his bare hands. Having run out of options, the king assembled an expedition consisting of his three most advanced spaceships and a crew of his most loyal warriors and healers. On board the flagship, the princess was placed in a blessed sarcophagus and was soon asleep. That was the last time the king saw his beloved daughter. The ships left for the great darkness and were never seen again. Eventually, the king realized that the expedition had failed, and he was driven mad with grief. He never recovered from the loss of the princess, and died soon after. Ka started to crumble, and today, 
No one knows the location of the Golden City. Ka has been lost to the jungles, possibly forever. What happened to the Princess of Ka is not known. Some say that she awoke from the sleep and slew her escort in a fit of demented rage. Others say that she was cured by the hermit in the belt but chose not to return to Ka. Maybe she is still sleeping in her sarcophagus, traveling the darkness between the stars for all eternity. Is there anything else? You said you lost this tabla. Yeah, so you got to try and access this tabla? Oh, yeah. All right, give me a data gen to see if you can hack into the tablet. Minus one. Minus one? Yep. Uh, I would like to assist. I have data gen as well. All right. Also, that that put me back to just modifier to zero? Yep. Limited success with one. All right, so you do manage to get kind of into this. It's not a great job. Like, maybe you leave a fingerprint or two, and you learn that Mr. Kembori has not been exactly forthcoming about everything he knows. Going through it pretty quickly, there is an email that Mr. Kembori has chosen to neglect from what he's told you. It's a simple email. It's from Melam Gasora. It outlines that they suspect that there is some type of dark morph on board the ship. They believe this because there actually was a transmission from the Orin 2, and it was simply Jin on board, Captain lost, multiple casualties, deadly cargo, contagion, do not attempt a rescue, we are heading for death, may the icons be merciful. The email kind of implies that Melam Gasora didn't get the authorities involved in this case because the cargo is a little, it's too bad to be lost in their words. It was Jin as in like J-I-N-N? D-J-I-N, but yes. D-J-I-N. Well, now that's interesting, man. Oh yeah. Real interesting. Explains why he was kind of dodgy with some of these questions. So, and you would know from just kind of a general cultural standpoint that like, People believe in this setting that jinn exist. They are manifestations of the dark between the stars. One of the more hazardous manifestations of space, essentially. They are a living, living with air quotations on it, thing that's the opposite of the icons, the opposite of kind of life and happiness. It is a allegedly kind of an angry spirit of some kind, but also... Do they actually exist? Like, none of you have come across a djinn before. It's it's a little bit folktale, and also, like, dark morphs are more of a thing. Like, that's that one makes more sense. It's kind of more just it's been either mutated or changed due to radiation or space exposure or something going terribly wrong. Like, that could happen, but also, the Path of the Orin's a very kind of practiced route. In theory, something this would have happened before if it was going to happen type of thing. There's nothing, in theory, eventful along this route. So, Captain, I understand this man lied to us, but when I did go praying to the gambler, he was uncertain about things, which means that I think we should see this through. Maybe be less trusting towards the man, but if there really is a gin on board, then we need to make sure that that thing dies and meets its end in the vast void. Well, I'm in agreement that we should see this through, at least until we get our uh, 20,000 burr. Then we can kind of weigh our options after that. That'd be time to confront him and ask him to take the money up front. Not a bad idea. Now that we know the real risk that we're running into, tell him he should lock his tablet next time that he leaves it. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So I look over, as far as Ruth and 
our friend here. I assume they went some distance away type of thing. I assume this was kind of a distraction to get him away from his stuff so you guys could be nosy, but... Okay. Is there anything else I can search through? Maybe another data general? You have access to the pad at that point. Like, it's nothing else is so weird. It's just kind of that. Okay. Can I forward that email to myself and then delete the forwarded message from the sent folder? I'd say you can probably, like, copy it to your equipment or something. Yeah, I guess I basically wanted to copy it. Yeah, okay. I would make a copy of it for myself. Okay. Yeah, no one would we know now. I'm going to go give the ship a good old diagnosis. Make sure there hasn't been anything sabotaged. Yeah, it's not a bad idea, considering they knew that this was our ship. I mean, hell, that group named our ship, so... All right. If you need me on the bridge, just give me a call. Will do. So I'm going to grab my tabla, head over to Ruth and the guy. All right. Let's handle the ship sweeping first before we jump into the confrontation, I guess, if you will. So he's running a diagnostic, or you're doing something kind of more, like you're physically checking stuff, because that's going to take some time. Abramo's going to do a diagnostic and physically check stuff. All right, cool. So let's start with the data gen to see if you find anything. I'd like to assist. Nah, you're off doing the other thing. That's right, dang. <laughs> I have tools. I don't know if this give me a bonus. Didn't they help with technology role? They don't give a bonus anyways. They're only no. ordinary. All right, data gen. Let's go. I'm going to push this rule. All right. Well, a limited success with one. Yeah, so you do a little bit of scrubbing around, and you're not sure how you missed this previously. There is a signal emanating from your ship that's not supposed to be there. Well, that is no good. Can I find what is a transmitting signal? Oh, yeah, because you found it. You can kind of triangulate its location. You'll have to exit the ship, though, and go to the outside to deal with it, though. I'm going to go on my communicator and call the captain and say, Captain, I need to go on a walk. I'm going to suit up. I will be on the outside for probably an hour. So after hearing that, I hold off trying to confront the guy on this, and I'm going to go and assist because I'd rather not let Abrama go solo, especially if they're doing spacewalking. I message Abrama, no problem. I'll be on my way back. We can talk to our fine friend after this. I'm staying. So do you keep the ship going or do you stop it for the time being to kind of do this maintenance? I'm going to make a slight adjustment to our course so that we're no longer on a full intercept with sure the um ship and it looks like we've just done a regular correction so if somebody's tracking us they'll think that our trajectory is different makes sense and no now that we have sabotage captain let me look over your exosuit and you look over mine before we put them on that was good let's do that do i have to do any rolls for that no the suits are fine okay well everything checks out Ready to spacewalk there, friend? Oh, have I ever. So courtesy of the exo shells, you kind of stick to the hull of the ship some, so walking along the ship is just walking at that point, and you roughly know vaguely where you're going, and yeah, kind of you locate, not super well hidden, but hidden well enough that it wouldn't be noticed immediately on kind of the underside of your ship, some excess technology. Is there like a camera on this exosuit that he has that I can see what he sees kind of thing, or...? Yeah, I'd probably say, like, within reason, like, it would make sense for the suits to have some type of visual comm system. Yeah, I'll say that has that. Well, would you look at that? Somebody thinks that we are important enough to be following around. Huh. Interesting. We get a read on where exactly it's sending out, or what it's sending out, and exactly why? 
Well, that's going to be more of your area of expertise, Captain. I can bring it back in right now, or I can take this piece of shit and just throw it off into the void. No, I'd rather bring it inside. I'd like to take a look at it before we either dump it out or break it apart from scraps. You never know. It might. Uh... I'm going to be real careful picking this up, Captain, because I've heard of stuff like this before. Sometimes pirates like to rig these things to blow to take out the user who removes it. You know, do a little bit of damage because then they'll know our trajectory for when uh, they come to recover what they've blown up. Let me go join you. I can probably give it a good analytic breakdown before we do anything with it, just in case. That's probably a very good idea. I'm not partial to blowing up. <laughs> Neither am I. Neither am I. So I go ahead and I, I suit up and I go out and join Abrama. And I'd All like right. to do a scan to see if there's any like potential trips, bombs. Ask right. things or any traps. So a visual scan or a technological scan? I'm going to do a technological scan. All right, let's do a data gen. All right. I rolled one with limited success. All right. So as best you can tell, it's not a bomb. Like, it's just a tracking device. It's definitely broadcasting where it's broadcasting to. You can't necessarily tell, but also you don't necessarily need to know that. It's, it's just a tracking device. Removing it will be relatively easy to do. That was my next question, if it was pretty easy to detach and move around. But if that's the case, then I'll look over at Bram and say, let's go ahead and bring this thing here inside. It looks like we should be all right. Sounds good. And Bram will get down and pick it up. Yeah. So give me a technology roll to kind of remove it from the side of the ship. Yeah, I'm actually kind of good at it. I'd like to assist. But technically, I am helping to move it. I yeah. can assist, right? Yeah. Yep. That's going to be two for limited success. All right. So... You do manage to remove it, but kind of in the process of removing it, you kind of bang it a little bit, and you definitely kind of see some lights go off on the device. Oh, well, shit. It's fine, Captain. I'm sure that I can fix that. Well, let's get it inside quick and take a look at it. As you say. All right, so while all of this has been going on, Ruth has been sparring with Mr. Kembori, and Mr. Kembori's not doing great at this. Let's see a melee combat out of you, Ruth. Melee combat. I failed that, but I will pray to the icon uh, to push that roll. All right. The no prayer modifier, correct? No. Limited success of one. Mr. Kimbori is not good at this, and maybe it's he's so bad he's making you kind of sloppy at this. Mr. Kimbori is more or less as he has described himself. He is not a fighter necessarily. He's a man of some leisure if you will he kind of as you're doing this he's kind of how did you talk me into this i am a man of intellect and science hitting people with my fists is not something i need to do but for better or worse kind of you don't hurt yourself as part of this maybe kind of you throw him too hard once or twice but beyond that it it's just sparring kind of are you asking any questions while you're doing this you know trigger motives as part of this so the crew has gotten a chance to do the investigation at his stuff he left behind but beyond that kind of this was my own investigation i did want to ask him a couple questions sure all right so give me a manipulation i will even give you a plus one at this because he is out of shape and out of breath in this situation oh come on kimbori you gotta keep up it's best to keep your minds sharp as well as your body so what got you into this whole trading business kind of waves off the question he's like you know how it is not pretty presents itself you go for it I operate more as a fixer than anything else. I, I don't work for Melam Gasura directly. I was just hired on as a contractor to deal with this whole situation. I was going to say, you're dressed far, far more better than uh, 
some of the other contractors we've worked for. I didn't expect this to be such a lucrative opportunity. Might have been in the wrong field. And a shrugs at this. It's not much related to change, I suppose, and kind of he's just sitting on the ground, just kind of tired looking at you. Whatever thrill I expected you to get out of this, I'm sure you've gotten by now. It's not just that. It's the fact that I was sitting at a table just observing the entire situation where I just saw a man who was overdressed in a bar that was far too shady by himself with no means of making sure that he himself had personal security. Now, you might have the mind of, I don't know, a laser saber or anything else like that, but it doesn't seem like you have very much street smarts. The least I could do is just make sure that, I don't know, if you ever find yourself in that situation, you could at least restrain somebody, make sure that you could disarm somebody. Look, if you're part of this crew, as the security officer, I need to make sure that our guests are going to be fine. And I would argue that keeping me fine is your job as security officer. I am paying you well to handle these types of things. But again, I don't see much of a need for too much concern on this topic. It's just a ship-based mystery. I'm sure nothing too out there is occurring. What is it that you're reading then, at least, if you want to take your mind off of the travel, this is what I do. Uh, just keep myself in at least peak physical condition or some sort of physical condition. Yes, I prefer a more relaxed approach. I, I read to steady the mind. It calms my nerves, if you will. Despite being well-traveled, at least, you, you're not somebody who does well in space. Give me manipulation. Limited success of one. And so he failed his opposed role on that. So he kind of looks at you, ponders for a moment, and kind of just says, not to sound too superstitious, but you've been in space. You understand that many dark things lurk out here in the dark between the stars. Whether they exist or not kind of shrugs at this. I don't particularly know or choose to pretend to know, but strange things do indeed happen. And, well, I do worry about those occasionally. I know it's silly to be concerned about old wives' tales and old superstitions, but space is space, and space is occasionally dangerous. See, when I thought, or when you said the dark things, I thought you meant thieves, pirates, the occasional scourge. But you mean, you mean the supernatural. I mean, I don't find myself too serious in my devotion to the traveler, but nonetheless, as I kind of show the specks of dust and the things in my hair from the temple. What are you so afraid of other than what lies in people? Are you saying that something is currently, I don't know, is something just burdening your heart right now with, with this? I shrugs at this and kind of goes just, I tend to change the topic, just kind of says, I'm not egotistic enough to think that I know everything that exists between the stars. Maybe it's pirates, maybe it's something far worse. We we both know that there are mysteries within the Third Horizon that no man or woman has managed to explain yet. Lost history, the portal makers, mysteries abound in this place we call home. I'm not integrated enough to think that I know how all of this works. So, if you've caught your breath, do you want to go for another round? We'll take it slow this time. Here, I'll show you how to apply holds and other kinds of release. No more light sparring or anything else like this could be part of a new academia for you kind of like huffily goes ah fine all right grab my wrist here you're going to pull this and then 
this is a hammerlock. And then I will release the scene to the rest of the crew. All right. Yeah, so jumping back to Abarama and Ivam, you've got the tracking device back inside. It's not on as best you can tell anymore. You got to try and reactivate it. What's the plan? Look, um, I think that I could probably fix this given some time. If you'd like to help me, or perhaps I can help you. I don't know if this is more of a software issue or more of a hardware issue. Hardware, I'd imagine. Let me take a closer look at it now that I'm not floating around in space. I just, uh, give me a sec. Let me take a candor here. Can I run another data gen to... Yep. Okay. Yeah. I will assist. So that'll put me at a plus one. And I'd like to pray to the icons on this one. Can okay. I? Yeah, you can. Uh, no modifier, right? No modifier. Oh, failure. Yeah, the device doesn't have power, like, it makes certain amount of sense that it's not working at this point. Like, it appears to have been damaged in part of the removal process. Well, Captain, let me see if I can take a look at the hardware here. Can I look and see, like, what is particularly damaged, perhaps? Give me a technology check. You want to give me a hand here, Captain? Yeah, you got it. Two successes. All right, so you kind of pry this thing open some, and... It appears that when you removed it, something snapped inside of it. When it was installed, it wasn't installed especially well. But as best you can tell, some of the circuitry got fried or cooked at from overheating or just kind of something went wrong in some process, which when you removed it probably jarred something that finished it off. In theory, you could fix this, but you don't necessarily have the supplies around or it would require kind of a lot of focus on this. And again, you are on a fairly tight time schedule with this whole trying to find the Orin thing. If you want to try and spend time fixing it, you can, but there's a decent chance Mr. Kimbori will have thoughts about how much time you're spending tinkering with this thing. I have a question. Sure. I used to be part of a Navy. Does this look like a, a device that pirates would use? It's a tracking device. Anyone can use it hypothetically. So this is like something you could just standard buy. It's not like cobbled together. Yeah, it's a thing. Okay. It's probably a repurposed ship part. Like, transponders exist. Like, your ship has a transponder, the Orin has a transponder. You just have one of those in space, and yeah. making an extra transponder into a tracking device, not that hard. Well, I don't think we're going to get any use out of this, Captain, unless you want me to spend the next week working on it. I think this is good enough as it is right now to confront our good friend here. Well, let's go have a little conversation with him, see what he has to say for himself. Agreed. How heavy is this thing? That heavy? Like it's probably like 20 pounds, give or take. Hey, I'm going to take it with us so we can present it to Kim Bori. All right, so he's emerging from his sparring with Ruth, just looking tired and distraught and not so happy about it. And he kind of looks at you. Why has the ship been slowed? As I walk into the room, I toss that thing that was attached towards him. And it lands, I mean, just a time to toss it at its feet. And then I have a copy of the email, correct? Yep. Okay, so I pull out my tablet and I start reading the email to him. So he is a mix of angry and confused. And he's like, you, you would violate my personal property and have gestures at the device. I was not responsible for that. Well, see, it's not really a violation if, you know, acting in bad faith. You're not giving us all the details. And I'm not a fan of that. And I'm sure shit not a fan of putting my crew in any trouble, potentially. So you're going to give us some more details. Or I put a bullet in your head, and if I really don't like what you say, I'm going to throw you off the ship and watch you suffocate. I wish I had more to tell you. If you have that message, then that's all else I know at this point. I kind of pauses for a second and goes, 
I suppose there is one other thing I can share with you, but between you and me, I think the people on Orin are a tad overblown. Kind of sends you from his tabla a little file called On the Banishment of Jin. The file kind of outlines how, if one were to encounter the mythical Jin, how one might go about handling that situation or what one might do to deal with a Jin if they came across one. On the Banishment of Jin by Zortan Darzini. The married is the most powerful of all the Jin, and a challenge to even the strongest and most blessed of pilgrims. There are three methods of banishing a married. 1. Create an even circle by arranging seven incense burners filled with ku and mer. The circle must have a diameter of at least 15 meters, but no larger than 25. At the lighting of each of the seven burners, read the creed of the faceless one out loud. 2. A marid needs a primary host organism, from and through which it draws its power. If the primary host is identified and burned according to the rite of the Lady of Tears, the jinn will no longer be able to draw power from the organism and will return to the dark between the stars. 3. If the jinn manifests itself in physical form, it can, in some cases, be temporarily defeated by force and then neutralized by capturing it in a soldani vessel. Hmm, interesting. Do you have one of these soldani v- uh, vessels? He kind of shakes his head at this. I do not, unfortunately, but I believe one could make one hypothetically. It just requires a vessel of some kind. Because honestly, the chance of there actually being a djinn on board, it's just as likely someone's trying to blame a djinn for some error of some kind. I, I could not pretend to know what's going on. The fact that some people chose to impersonate you makes me think that there's something much more grounded and normal going on. I feel like because you weren't completely forthright with us and you knew a lot more about what was going on, perhaps we are owed a little bit more than what you're offered. Can you manipulate? I'd like to assist with that. All right. I'll just give you an extra plus one on that because you are threatening him. Ooh, a limited success. Yeah, so he kind of hems and he haws and goes, all right, 25,000 burr. Rama looks at the, the captain, but he seems very pleased with the new offer. Look over at Abarama, but I also kind of look at Ruth to see if I can get an idea of how they're feeling about all this information. Ruth is not tired, but she is a little bit more zoned out with all the post-workout glow. She also did miss the entire investigation and pulling this thing off the side of the ship. Like, she's probably a bit in shock that A, they found a tracking device and B, that these messages are a thing. She'll grin and just shrug one shoulder. Your call. I just wanted a sparring session, and now I have to process all this. Let's keep on going, then. And let's toss this unnecessary machinery off the space and let the space handle it. So That doesn't work anymore, Captain, so I can break it down for parts in case we need something for electrical repairs. Eh, it's not a bad idea. Well, I look back. Yeah, Mr. Cambori, you are not to leave my eyesight moving forward. So... I think this party session's over, and you're going to join us up front. I have size at this. Fine. That, that's what it takes to get us there. I do that, like, bow, aiming towards the door with my arms thing, like, well, after you. And then nods unhappily at this, but goes on. So, yeah, some time passes. The two-day travel runs out, and eventually the Orin 2 comes into view. It is more or less as described. It is a... 
large ice hauler. Its cargo is full of ice. It's hauling ice as described. The description you were given of returning from the ice mining operation does seem accurate. There is something off about it, though. Now give me a data, Jen. All right, I will do this scan. I will assist. Two limited success. All right, so you kind of discover a couple things in your efforts. So first off, the ship's transponder is turned off, which is bad. The ship is also putting off significantly less electromagnetic radiation than normal, which is also bad. All this points to the ship kind of not running, quote, normally. If you had to make a guess, it, the only way to achieve this on a ship this size is if someone turned off the majority of the vital ship systems. It looks like somebody went and powered down the react. Hmm. Well, I knew they were dead. There's surefire a way to make sure that it's very hard to find a ship like this. We probably wouldn't have found it if we didn't know their destination. Now, I don't know if it is prudent that we dock with this thing. It might be good if I put a match vector and a holding pattern close by and we can space jump, do an EVA. Hmm. No. If there's trouble, I'd like to be able to get back to the ship as fast as possible. I mean, uh, pros and cons, pros and cons. I can give you both. Docking, we will be able to leave might quicker than we would if we were jumping. But if there is anything on board that ship that wants to hurt us, it could just follow us on board. Mm. Well, I like to err on the side of the so uh, let's just do the jump. I can jump across and establish a line for the rest of you if you are not comfortable with spacewalks. No, no, I'll take care of this one. I wouldn't ask you guys to do anything I wouldn't do. As you wish, Cam. Well, let's get, let me get suited up. So I'll go ahead and get myself situated and ready to jump over so I can create that line for us. And I will make sure we are matched back there. All right. So before you can do any of that, um, give me a piloting check. Two successes. All right. So looking at all of this, you realize just how much time is of the essence in this situation. The ship is about two hours from making a collision with the asteroid field. Like now that you're kind of looking at this in a more broad way, you are dangerously close to the asteroid field. The fact you haven't hit anything yet is surprising. And the yellow reds of the asteroid field kind of loom in the background. It puts off a glow. It's truly a tad ominous as you're preparing to kind of speed off towards the ship. One of the small kind of outlier meteorites about the size of a golf ball strikes across your ship's hull. You begin to approach the Orin 2. You know, Captain, looking at it now, I don't think we have a choice. We might need to dock and try to slow that ship down with ours. Well, shit. Otherwise, we've got two hours, and one of us is going to have to stay on this ship to make sure not run into asteroids, so we'll be down a crew member. So, it's your call, but it might be worth it to dock and attempt to slow this thing down with our ship. Uh, you're right. And air on the side of caution. Let's do that. All right. All right, everybody, strap in, get ready for dock and maneuver. Oh, here we go. Excellent. All right, cool. So we are now going to go through the leveling up mechanic. The way typically leveling up works in Coriolis Third Horizon is at the end of each session, you go through this kind of set of questions, you award XP. Seeing as we're recording this a little bit differently than how we people might play this traditionally, we're going to do it here at this kind of midpoint to our story and give the crew a chance to level up. So... The way most free league games handle this is you answer a series of questions. We're going to go through those real quick. All right. So question one for one XP. Did you participate 
was a kind of self-answering question, seeing as we just recorded this and you all were playing as part of this. So everyone gets one XP for that. I was waiting for more. I mean, I, did you participate? And I was waiting for you to name something specifically, and then there was just no. Yeah, I participated. I totally thought I was, I was waiting for something, too. Second question. Did you overcome a difficult challenge to help your crew to reach its goal? I'd say you all did. Yeah, I would say the bar situation would be it. Absolutely. Third question. Did you put yourself or your crew in risk because of your personal problem? I don't think it's a personal problem. We all kind of put ourselves at risk because of our assignment, which is a team problem, I guess. I think that I did because my personal problem is you are reckless and take stupid risks when even when it isn't necessary. And I immediately went and mouthed off to four dudes with guns. Yeah, I'll say that qualifies for that one. My personal problem is that I'm hunted. Fortunately, that is not something that I can... Uh... Yeah. Fourth question. Did you learn something new about yourself or another PC? I definitely think you all learned something. Yeah, mm. for sure. Fifth question. Did you sacrifice or risk something for your PC buddy? The buddy's the captain. I don't think so. I would say, well, I mean, when we did, I, I, again, it goes back to the, the bar, the bar scene. Like, we tend yeah. to I'd say the bar. I'd also say the spacewalk on the outside of the hall is definitely qualifies as something. True. Yeah, that works. And last but not least, did you act in accordance with your icon? So my interpretations of this are basically, did you act in accordance with your icon and or did you use your icon talent? Because your interpretation of acting in accordance with your icon is kind of up to you. And a more concrete version of that, I guess, for me has always been, did you actually use your icon talent? So what were people's icons again? Uh, my icon's the judge. Mine too. I don't know if, if we attach a talent to that. We did. It's the one where if we hit, we can decide to just do a critical no matter what. You two didn't use your talent, but I'd also say that like... I think we were kind of abrasive and intimidating a lot. Yeah, absolutely. Time. I was trying to think of the polite way of saying you were kind of the right level of jerks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. I would like to argue that with the Traveler, which is my icon, Ruth's insistence on making sure that the entire crew even the guest despite how shifty he is is well protected or at least has a means of protection so it's sparring session to teach him a couple things in observance of me as a overseer of travelers yeah i'll take that one all right so how much xp are people walking away with i got five i hit all of them i got six yep four for me all right so it costs five to buy a talent or advance a skill. Sadly, Jad, you don't have enough to buy anything with that, so you're left out in the cold on this one. Will Abarama or um be increasing anything or buying anything? Yes, I think so. I'm currently looking at talents to make sure. All right. I know this isn't how this works, Charlie, but can I give my extra experience points to Jad? I'll allow it in this case. Man, I love how many of those, uh, what are they called, dread points we gave you? Yeah, the darkness points. Yeah. We gave you a nice amount. <laughs> we gave you a lot. Also, and I guess at this point in time, do you know how many darkness points I have? Let me just guess. I want to I ballpark it. You started with three, right? Yep. Uh, I'm going to say that you have eight. I'm going to say ten. I have eleven. Oh, my God. I mean, at least we're going to say no to one of your things once. Yeah. Each or is that a group thing? 
It's a group thing. Yep. Ah. I will say, don't ignore the skills. Good point. Oh, no. God, maybe I'll do ranged combat. No. Maybe it would make more sense for me to take a level of manipulation. I did a lot of threatening this session. All right. So, Dylan, you graciously gave Jad one XP. So let's go down the list. Yvonne, what did you buy? I bought nine lives. What does nine lives do? Nine lives. No matter how bad it looks, you always seem to come out of situations alive. When you suffer a critical injury, you get to switch the dice, turning the 10 digits into the ones and vice versa. If your attacker has a talent executioner, the effect neutralizes each other. Roll the critical injury normally. Abarama, what did you wind up choosing? Take Blessing. And it's once per session, you can bless another PC, giving her a plus three to one action. The receiver of the blessing must be within close range of you. In combat, imparting the blessing is a slow action. Uh, the GM gets one dark point for use. Oh, I'm so looking forward to this. <laughs> you know, I love to feed the darkness. We haven't really even used darkness points yet. I am so excited when those start kicking in. <laughs> and last and but certainly not least, Ruth. What have you picked up as part of this? With the gift of a spare experience point, I was able to pick up Intimidating, which lets me test force instead of manipulation when I'm threatening someone. Cool. Which is kind of cool, because uh, I don't have to accept an opponent's conditional demand if they do have one. Counterpoint, if my opponent refuses the deal, they must immediately attack me. The old-fashioned threat of violence. Which is going to pair so well with my executioner talent uh, when I start getting use of that. 